Blog Talk Radio. Land. 
Divided we fall. Divided we fall. United we stand. United we stand. Think about greatness. Think about greatness. Your history. Your history. Without my people. Without my people. Without my people. Come on and get with the folks from Jackson Heights, Illinois, the home of America's first African-American anytime drama. Proud and privileged, the soap opera is going into the filming of its first season, and they want to celebrate with you, Chicago, Hollywood, Chicago style. Meet the cast of the Proud and Privileged, the soap opera, Friday, March 23rd at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple, located at 809 East 42nd Place in Chicago, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Walk the red carpet, photo ops, refreshments, and networking all night long. Advanced paid registration is highly recommended at www.pmpevent.info. The first 50 guests to arrive will receive an autographed copy of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions by Sonia Cassandra Perdue. View the proud and privileged trailer at www.storiesourway.tv. Pre-register at www.pnpevent.info You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Thursday, March 15th, 2012. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts, Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. Black Wall Street USA is honored, and we are very excited to be part of the launching of the Legacy Flight Academy program. The Legacy Flight Academy program is a unique two-week aviation experience for students aged 16 to 19 who have already demonstrated a sincere interest in aviation. Based in historic Tuskegee, Alabama, the LFA seeks to inspire minority youth towards a military career in aviation, following in the legacy of the pioneering Tuskegee Airmen. Students will reside on campus, on campus at Tuskegee University and will receive flight instruction at Moulton Field, the same site where the Tuskegee Airmen first trained over 70 years ago. How exciting. Visit LegacyFlightAcademy.org for details and application for this program. And that's going to be the meat of our show tonight, but we have so much experience in the aviation field here with us tonight that it should really be a 10-week program, week to week to week. That's how much experience we have in our green room with us tonight and coming up. Joining us this evening will be the chapter president for Chicago, Mr. Ken Repair, Ms. Regina Ruffin, who is currently registration coordinator for the Young Eagles Flight Program, and we are excited to hear about this program as well, with more than 10,000 flights to date. Later in the show, oh, no, people, that's not all, Captain Ruffin, United States Air Force, and the force behind the Legacy Flight Academy program will be with us. And joining us 
Oh, even more so, former president of the Chicago chapter, Beth Dunchill, who is an original Tuskegee Airman. Can you say wow? Can you just say wow? What a show. This is going to be information-packed and historical as well. And reviewing the bios of all this greatness we have joining us this evening, I think that I am just most overwhelmed that they are givers givers of their life experience, and they want to share their life experience with our upcoming generation. Believe me, the Legacy Flight Academy program is just the beginning. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. I'll repeat that for you. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. The chairman, uh, let's check and see if he's going to be in the, chair, in the chat room in a little while, but we do want you to leave your comments. Leave your website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. If you want to leave your telephone number in there for us to contact you, that's fine. We open up our show, as we usually do, with our theme song, gifted to us by Mr. Oban William King, I Love My People. You can visit Mr. King at www.justusarts.org. That's a Chicago organization. You can visit them at www.justusarts.org. All of our shows are rebroadcast on Saturday mornings on WJPC-FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago. Listen at www.wjpcchicago.com. And if you are interested in being a sponsor and supporter of this show or WJPC, give us a call, 312 239-8835. Our number is 312-239-8835. Let's welcome the chairman to the show. Ron, are you there? How are you this evening? Hello? Yes, Ron, are you there? How are you this evening? I'm doing just fine. How are you this evening, uh, Sonia? Great. Are you hearing me well? You're coming through now. Are you? Can you hear me well? Yeah, I'm hearing you well, and I definitely heard your introductions to our program this evening, and even going over some of the uh, bios. I have to admit, as I was a, a kid, I had thoughts of becoming a astronaut as well. So I definitely can relate to our guest this evening, based on the um, sky is not the limit. Um, based on not only the the drive and the rarity of our guests being in the field that they are, uh, I definitely welcome them, and I'm pretty sure our listeners will as well. So you did a good job in this good lineup. I, I'm very delighted. Well, you know, it was it's the uh, brainchild of Regina Griffin. Uh, she, she, I, I like her style. She, she's on it. She, she's a doer. Like you say, I am. Me and her, we could work together. We, we could make something happen. So, uh, I'm very That's grateful great. to her for her outreach and her follow through and her dedication. So, we're going to be speaking with her. She has a lot to share with us, and I'm very excited about that. A couple of things, Ron. <laughs> Um, I'd like to do in uh, preparing for our guests to come on. There are two things um, one Ms. Griffin sent to me regarding some stats, and I'm going to read the question to you and uh, and give you the, the stats. Uh, the first question is, what percentage of current fighter pilots in the U.S. Air Force are African American? Do you have an idea about that? 
I will guess to say somewhere probably about one, no more than 2%. Ah, 1.4%. Yes. What oh, is the total okay. number? Yeah, what is the total number of African American fighter pilots currently serving in the U.S. Air Force? And I'll tell you what that is. Out of 3,130. Yeah. Uh, do you know? Do you know, Ryan? Well, you know, I served in the United States Navy, and the Navy was, I think that the Air Force was a more technical enrollment. And then after the Air Force came, the Navy. And then after the Navy, I think the Army, and then the Marines, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay, what was that number? Out of 3,139, there are 45 African-American fighter pilots in the U.S. Air Force. Oh, gosh. What percentage percentage of current overall pilots in the U.S. Air Force are African-American? Okay, that's sort of repeating that, 1.8%. What is the total Mm -hmm. number of African-American pilots overall currently serving in the U.S. Air Force. Okay, that was African-American fighter pilots, 3,139. This question, what is the total number of African-American pilots overall currently serving in the U.S. Air Force? There are currently 14,448 pilots in the U.S. Air Force, according to this information. Out of that number, 264 are African-American. Oh, that's worse than the... um uh, the police on the uh, on the police force here in Chicago. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the last the last question, the last step was, that was Miss Griffin shared with us: What percentage of overall pilots in the U.S. Air Force are considered minority? And I guess that covers a range: ten point five percent lumped into that minority uh, percentage there. And I think that the question, the statement that she sent to me was uh, another question. What is uh, the likelihood of you ever running into a U.S., an African-American U.S. Air Force pilot? What's the likelihood of that? Uh, I will, that would be similar to um, getting on a commercial flight. I would think. Uh, In my years of flying, I have only noticed one commercial pilot that was African-American. And at one time, I used to be on a plane maybe about eight times a year. And uh, I think if you say eight times a year, I I only seen one commercial uh, pilot. Um, I would think it was almost maybe it'd be about oh two out of um ooh, a thousand. <laughs> so I don't know how is that uh how you round that question up. How you I mean based on how many pilots there are in the military. Well I, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get thousand. that stat uh, about yeah. overall commercial pilots as well, and find out. But the state, the question was, how likely are you to run into an African American uh, U.S. Air Force pilot? And it's 
likely that you would never run into one, ever. Um, so those type of role models are non uh we can say pretty much are non-existent in our general communities, okay? Uh, one other thing I want to share, and I'm sharing this with our guests as well, so that, you know, they can, in, in addition to commenting on uh, the legacy program, which is the purpose that we're here, I just want to share an article that came out of the Chicago Tribune on March the 9th. And it mm-hmm. says that FAA says profitable, profitable times likely for carriers. And I'm going to just read a couple of paragraphs. The airline industry, which traditionally has run in boom and bust cycles, has a good chance to be profitable during the next 20 years as demand for air the next, travel grows. How many years? Next 20 years. Next 20 years. Has a good chance to be profitable during the next 20 years as demand for air travel grows worldwide. And the good news for passengers is that airfares will rise relatively slowly over that time. That prediction comes from the Federal Aviation Administration in a report released Thursday, which would have been March the 8th. Quoting, over the long term, we see a competitive and profitable industry characterized by increasing demand for air travel and airfares growing more slowly than inflation, said the report. Called the FAA Aerospace Forecast Fiscal Year 2012 to 2032. I know you like those forecasts. Uh, going into the next decade, this is cautious optimism that the industry has been transformed from a boom to bust cycle to one of sustainable profits, the report said. And quoting again, it forecasts that the industry will grow from 731 million passengers to, in 2011 to $1.2 billion in 2032. Growth over the next five years will be moderate. And one reason I wanted to share this with our listeners is because, and it's sort of going back to OB, Ron, follow the money. When we talk sure. about it, increase and uh, the likelihood of increase in profitability for carriers, that we talk about the likelihood of increase in uh, jobs in that particular industry, from mechanics to everything else that is related to uh, the travel industry. Now, once again, uh, when we go in and start talking about this legacy program, are we going to be prepared uh our generation, I'm not getting ready to fly a plane, but, you know, is our upcoming generation going to be prepared technically, educationally, uh, training-wise, whatever is needed to be a part of this growth industry, which pays above the normal scales of most jobs? Are they in any way being prepared to be a part of this forecast or in this projection, 2012 to 2032, where the African Americans are, when we look at this again, you and I will be here, I'll be about 90, but that's okay. Will we look at this again and ask this question again on Black Wall Street USA chairman? Is that percentage still going to be 1.4? That's my question, and that's why I brought it to the table. Hmm. Well, the, the Vizquiti Airmen, uh, that is 
a proven fact of the purpose and the need for such an organization to be in existence. And um, so I believe our show is one of the many that is starting that. I guess we will get into our interview if the the commercialism of the movie uh, actually will help to increase that numbers. We'll have to see how those uh, indications play out as well uh, because sometimes commercialism of a particular industry draws the attention of future of people choosing that uh, that industry to go into. So we have to you know, actually ask our guests uh, how much has that movie helped the uh, the notoriety and the need uh, for us to enter into the uh, travel industry of air. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we we've got some great information coming up, and, and they're waiting for us. So what we're going to do, Ron, here, uh, is go into our first break, and we're going to come back with the chapter president, Mr. Ken Repair. So we'll be right back with you, very very shortly. Please stay with us.
You're listening to WJPCFM Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. The Black Star Project, located at 3509 South King Drive, has established a Real Men Read program. You know that real men read. I know that real men read. We know that real men write. They invent. They invest. Take care of their families. Care and fight for their communities and villages. Now our children need to know that real men read so that they too will love reading and learning. The Black Star Project invites men and fathers from our communities to read to K through third graders. Ivory Harris at 773-285-9600 will be happy to give you more information. That's 773-285-9600. This is an all-out call for real men. Give a little time. It will make a great difference. You may also visit www.blackstarproject.org for more information. Walking down the street now is a dangerous thing. There are drug dealers, crack houses, gang members, and crackheads. People fighting, cursing, and killing too. So much chaos, we don't know what to do. But if people only knew that they are hurting little children, if they could only see what our community could be. When the consultation, one, stay calm. Two, try to say something positive. Three, tell the person what's on your mind. Four, ask if the person understands. Five, Thank the person for listening if you can. Come on, y'all. Let's be an example. It has to start somewhere. How about now? For more information on ways to prevent violent crimes, contact Totally Positive Productions at 773-488-9553. Somewhere a child is waiting. Somewhere a child is waiting for you and Unity Parenting and Counseling makes it possible for that child to be connected with his new family. Unity Parenting and Counseling will help you through the application process, training, and certification. Call Brenda Weatherspoon today at 312-455-0007 to be connected at the heart. Call 312-455-0007 today so that each day that child is closer to home. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network on Black All News All You. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts, Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. Our call in number is 347 our call in number is 347-326-9477. We're going to welcome the chairman back to the show. Welcome back to the show, Ron. And we're going to uh, bring on our first guest. Our first guest is Mr. Kim Repair, Chicago Chapter President uh, for the Tuskegee Airmen. Now, Ken is an FFA certified flight instructor and has served as an FAA aviation safety counselor. If I were to read his old whole bio, we'll be here about an hour. I'm just going to give you a little bit. He is licensed to instruct in gliders, single engine, multi-engine, and instrument airplanes. He is an airline transport rated pilot with over 5,000 flight hours and is type rated in the DC-9. 
Ken's interest in aviation began as a youngster watching Sky King, the flying cowboy, on television. What could be better than a cowboy and a pilot? Those both are very heavy things. Being related to an original Tuskegee Airman, it was only natural for Ken to join the Chicago Doodoo chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, so we're very excited to have Ken with us this evening. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, Ken. Uh, yes, very much welcome. So you heard some of our questions uh, earlier, and here you are from Chicago going all over in the sky. Um, have you ever flew uh, the sky and tried to look at um, Chicago and see your house from above? Oh, certainly. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have a bird's eye view from an airplane. And uh, right. the sky, the Chicago skyline, looks absolutely beautiful from in the air. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. You have to see it with your own well, eyes. Well, for some reason, no, I didn't get to where you are. But I don't know if it's um, you know a lot of times uh, young boys always ask you know answer the question, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" It was a common thing to say. I want to be an astronaut, or I want to fly. You know, that was something common, you know, as a 10-year-old or to a 12-year-old. That was a common thing. So what age were you when you answered that question uh, to fly? Well, <laughs> you see, Ron, I'm a little older. Uh, when I was growing up, everybody wanted to be a cowboy. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, when, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as an astronaut. But um, uh, probably when I was five years old, I was watching Sky King on television. And um, well, let me of course be like that. You, when you're talking about Sky King, that definitely tells you. I don't know. We may be around the same age because I forget all about <laughs> Sky King. I but I do remember that I was a little kid, and uh, I just thought about it when I seen that you watched Sky King. I forget all about it. So yeah, you. You and I have some age on us, so okay. All right. <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, I thought what what could be better than being a cowboy and a pilot, having your own ranch and having your own airplane. So um, when I was a little kid, Sky King was my idol. But then as I, I got older and became became a teenager and learned about the Tuskegee Airmen and, and realized that there were African-American pilots the Tuskegee Airmen became my heroes. And, um, okay. of course, I, I guess I have flying in my blood naturally because my cousin Gordon Rapier is an original Tuskegee Airman. And um, if it weren't for the Tuskegee Airmen, I just would venture to say that uh, we would not have any African-American pilots at all today. Now, one of the, one of the statistics that was quoted was that there are uh, 45 um, African-American fighter pilots in the uh, United States Air Force. So if you take that number 45 and then relate it to the number of fighter pilots that graduated from flight school and, and were activated into combat as fighter pilots from the Tuskegee Airmen during World War II, there were 450 they had 996 graduates 
450 graduates became fighter pilots, and the remainder of the graduates became bomber pilots. The bomber pilots uh, were never activated into combat because, fortunately, the war ended before those bomber pilots were activated. But uh, if you think about during World War II, when there was segregation, and, you know, we, we have a poster that says, at the beginning of World War II, the, the, the American War Department didn't want the Tuskegee Airmen to fly. By the end of World War II, only the Nazis felt that way. Mm-hmm. So there were 450 fighter pilots in World War II, yet we only have 45 today. And okay, you said 400 and... Okay, in World War II. Yes. Now, you're speaking of uh, uh, black uh, airmen. Uh, yes, Tuskegee Airmen. Okay. And and today is only 42? 45. 45? 10%, 10% of what the Tuskegee Airmen had in World War II is what we have today. What happened? Where did this uh, decrease come from? Well, see, that's that's the question that needs to be answered. Uh, one of the questions that you came up with was, how, how do we prepare for this 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 great surge of of uh, opportunities that's going to be available in aviation? Well, certainly one of the ways we we prepare for it is to prepare our young people at an early age, get them ready for aviation careers. Uh, that's the the primary goal of the Legacy Flight Academy is well, to, to build on the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen now, to prepare some young people for careers in aviation. If I may, um, kind of falling back on some of uh, Black Wall Street USA conversations when we talked about uh, preparing for the future, we somewhat looked at other countries in preparing their youth for the future, and they looked at the forecast for certain industries, and they identified their youth and their students at an early age to say this is the field that you're going to go in. So it wasn't to a great extent giving the youth a choice, but they targeted the youth to make sure that they fit the industry that is projected in the future. Can something like that apply within our community so that we can actually uh, meet the future demand? Well, I, I suppose that's something that, that could be done. However, uh, the United States is a free country, which means everybody has freedom of choice. So we don't force anyone into career paths. We allow people to choose the career path that they would like. And uh, if, as long as they have the aptitude to succeed at it, then they can, you know, they can pursue that career path. But, of course, the countries that, that are doing the example that you just stated are way ahead of us. Well, taking that they are way ahead of us and those are 
some policy and legislative agendas of different countries, and sometimes it's part of their cultural development with industry development. Uh, is that something that the uh, uh, Tuskegee Air, Airmen can work with the schools to prepare and to identify as early as what uh, grade level to prepare those youth to go into the uh, this industry? Absolutely. And the, the Chicago Dodo chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen is partnering with the Air Force Academy High School to identify youngsters that are interested in aviation careers. And our our mission uh, is twofold, to preserve the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen and to promote secondary, post-secondary education uh, amongst minority youth and assist them in pursuing aviation careers. Uh, so because we have a free country, what we're looking for is the youngsters that are choosing an aviation career and show the aptitude to be successful, and we want to help them along with their careers. We offer scholarships, and we also have the Legacy Flight Academy, which is a flight training program that's going to be operating in, in Tuskegee, Alabama, from July 8th through July 22nd. And uh, it will be a program to teach young people how to fly, and we're interested in young people that that have have that burning desire to pursue an aviation career. Um, mm -hmm. th those are the youngsters that what we have to do for our youngsters is start them at a young age, identify them, and then help them along with those careers. Um, how how is it coming as far as identifying those youth? Are you in a position? to identify a great proportion to address the numbers that you uh, indicated of, of uh, 450 in World War II compared to today of 45? Uh, those youth kind of, uh, I guess I'm trying to get to the point of not just identify an interest, but culturally select and nurture or propagandize in order to catch up with those numbers? Well, of course, Ron, we Keeping in mind you said free country. country. <laughs> well, we can't come up, we, we can't create 450 pilots overnight. So what, what the Tuskegee Airmen are doing is we're trying to create pilots one small group at a time. And you know that's that's the, the 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 other alternative would be doing nothing, and we would be left totally behind and left out of the aviation boom that's about to happen. So what we're doing is we're going about the business of training small groups of young people uh, to be involved in aviation careers and successfully be able to pursue those aviation careers, and additionally. What we're doing in the Dodo chapter is we're, we're trying to offer some of the Tuskegee Airmen um, legacy lessons to young people, which is the reason why this program is called the Legacy Flight Academy. 
we're, we're trying to teach young people about the legacy that the Tuskegee Airmen left for all of us. Uh, there's, there's certainly three things that we want to let not just young people, everybody needs to know the legacy that the Tuskegee Airmen left for us. Um, you mentioned the movie. Uh, certainly uh, we want young people to be inspired by that movie. We'd like all young people to see that movie and be inspired by the Tuskegee Airmen story. But we want them to take away three things from that movie. First of all, the Tuskegee Airmen set their standard at excellence. They proved that setting your standard at excellence is doable. And we want young people today to know that this is something that was proven to be doable. The Tuskegee Airmen proved that you can do this. So set your standard at excellence. The next thing the Tuskegee Airmen did was they remained united and helped each other to reach a common goal. And we want our young people to know that they can they can be united. They can work together and help each other to reach a common goal, whether it's in aviation or anything else. If we remain united and help each other, we can reach a common goal. And finally, the Tuskegee Airmen slogan, simply this, with courage and determination, you can overcome adversity. We want all of our young people to know that this is what the Tuskegee Airmen did. They had courage, and you can bet they proved that they had courage. All you have to do is examine their war record. That's why we want young people to know the story of the Tuskegee Airmen. Through courage and determination. Do you, mm-hmm. you think the Tuskegee Airmen didn't have determination? for all the things they had to go through that young people today probably wouldn't even be able to withstand. Being called out of your name, being discriminated against, being treated as a subhuman. They had courage and determination, and they overcame adversity. With courage and determination, you can overcome right. adversity. Right. It was proven by the Tuskegee Airmen that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you feeling based on the numbers that are being generated presently uh, in your recruitment of uh, of students to go into the uh, industry? Uh, well, for the the programs that we operate, we're we're very satisfied with the interest and the numbers that we're we're seeing today. Um, obviously, we'd like to expand these programs uh, as much as possible. But uh, for the size of the programs that we're operating now, uh, we're very satisfied with the response that we're we're seeing and the enthusiasm that young people have and uh, the the numbers that we're working with. And we we have many success stories. Uh, Most certainly, uh, you'll you'll be talking to uh, one of the Tuskegee Airmen success stories later on in in your program, Captain uh, Kenyatta Ruffin. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, let me what, ask you. What, what, what Captain Ruffin has done is he has come up with the, the, the idea of a way to preserve the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen by having young people experience what the Tuskegee Airmen did. Take them down to Tuskegee where the Tuskegee Airmen walked and flew let them stay at Tuskegee University in the dorms there where the Tuskegee Airmen stayed when they were training at Tuskegee. 
learn how to fly at Tuskegee, just like the Tuskegee Airmen did. And then when you become a pilot and get into an aviation career, then those youngsters will do the same thing that Captain Ruffin is doing today. Reach back, preserve the legacy, and pass the legacy on to some young people and pull them along with you. Isn't now, that a thing of beauty? That is. Now, when you look at the, uh, you know, taking consideration the numbers of World War II to the present, um, as people ask the question of Black Wall Street, um, when I say people, the media ask the questions of Black Wall Street, uh, isn't that reverse discrimination? Would that be somewhat the same, or are you open to all nationalities, or are you geared toward uh, the black population? And if you are, are you justified, you know, really taking into consideration the numbers, but working with the aviation industry, the, the Air Force, um, and the, and the uh, higher education, is there still a cloud of reverse discrimination? Uh, upon the security well, airmen focusing on certain youth. Oh, well, absolutely not. We're we're not uh, we're we're not discriminating. We're not saying that this is an African American program. As an example, with our Young Eagles program, where we operate on the second Saturday of every month out of the Gary Airport, we offer free introductory flights. Notice the operative term: free introductory mm-hmm. flights to youngsters between the ages of 8 and 17. Every youngster, all they have to do is be between the ages of 8 and 17, and they are welcomed. We don't discriminate against anyone. The Tuskegee Airmen fought for equality. So the one thing the Tuskegee Airmen never do is exclude anyone. Because well, they fought for that. equality. Well, I definitely missed out uh, myself, I believe, in about 1995 and 96. Uh, South Street Journal did a story of your free flight, because uh, you've been doing that way before 1995. Is that correct? That's correct. Right. And so I, I missed out on the opportunity to uh, enroll my son. I don't know what happened, but uh, that was on my agenda to do so. But I missed that opportunity to engage my son in that. Uh, uh, where he's in college now, some time ago. Uh, so as you, if I can look at now, given that Gary, Indiana, where you are holding these uh, uh, these flights. Would it benefit the Tuskegee Airmen program if Gary, Indiana, was a more prominent airport? Well, it, it, it wouldn't matter. Difference? No, because, you know, we, we were operating out of Meg's Field, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I don't have to tell you why we had to move to the Gary Airport. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but what well, yeah, we're doing you all is we're actually active. If I can, uh, yes, we did do stories on that. And as I can remember, you all took a very strong position against the mayor in uh, demolishing of uh, that airport, as I can recall. You all That's testified correct. not to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that. Okay. 
And so, I mean, having a downtown, <laughs> having a downtown airport is something that every major city, uh, I mean, you know, if a city had a right arm to give, every major city would give their right arm to have a downtown airport. I mean, airports bring money into your city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. All you have to do. Was... Yeah. Look at look at the area where O'Hare. You, if you recall, back when we were young youngsters, there was nothing mm-hmm. out there at O'Hare. But look at it now. Correct. Airports mm-hmm. bring money. Yeah. Well, you say the Airports same thing bring for uh, right. You say the same thing for Midway. Um, I think Midway absolutely has been developed. I think just in the last five years that all of that development took place. Right. And then you can see all the hotels that have popped up along Cicero and and the works. Restaurants. Mm -hmm. So when you – is there a particular number in mind that you are – that needs to be met in the recruitment, and if I can't, African-American youth, uh, to be more close in parity of the number 450, is there a number objective that needs to be identified to increase that number by a certain time frame? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's unlimited. The objective is if we flood the market, then we'll, we'll take whatever we can get. The objective mm-hmm. is to flood the market with qualified young pilots. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, South Street Journal, uh, upon our next paper, what we will do is do an overview during up to the uh, April event, and we will highlight your um, your programs at the Gary Airport in every issue to help meet that goal. Um, in meeting that goal and just kind of reflecting back, um, being an airline pilot was in pursuing it and becoming that. First of all, I want to ask you, did you get some tickets based on you being the fastest the fastest speed? You know, what's this I'm saying? I mean, did you get any did police pull you over? I mean, you have a record of being the fastest flying uh, uh, pilot. So well, see, how that, that works with getting tickets with your, you know, what's that about? That's that's the beauty of aviation. There's there's no speed limit in the sky, basically. Uh, you know, there there may be some 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 speed reductions that you have to do if you're flying a fast airplane and you're coming into the traffic area, for example. But uh, this is a uh, a world speed record for a closed course uh, from Palm Springs, California, to Chicago, um, a world speed record that was uh, set well, some time ago now. But uh, no one has tried to break that record, so the record still stands. And you didn't get no tickets? No tickets. <laughs> But I, I tell you well, what we are trying to do. Mm-hmm. We're trying to offer young people an opportunity to explore the wonderful field of aviation. There's something in aviation for everyone. Let's 
let's say, for example, um, yourself, Ron. You're a journalist, correct? Correct. Among other things. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. So if you want to be a journalist, you can be a journalist um, for the for the journal, or there are all kinds of aviation publications. So you can be a journalist in the field of aviation. Anything you can name, there's a corresponding career in aviation for that same career somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's so why you're we saying young. that you don't have to be, uh, even for myself, uh, I mean, if I had the discipline, I believe, I would still want to be that astronaut. However, you're saying that the the industry itself don't be blinded by just being a pilot. Many parts of it you do. Of positions that exist in the uh, aberration um, field. Right. No, so about how many would you say? Two hundred existing positions, or more, that people can enter in in the industry. Well, gosh, I I I don't know how many positions would be available. Um, No, not available. uh, 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 Titles or positions. You know, I don't I don't know how many titles there would be, Ron. Okay. Um, All right. There's there's something for everyone in aviation, and uh, let's say for example, you're a radio you're a radio talk show host, and you mm-hmm. like to talk. Well, you could be an air traffic controller. They talk all day. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I really they, didn't know they, that. I thought that they, they basically set it set it set in the tower and just read the monitor. No, they they talk a lot, and uh, they make a lot of money at it too. Mm. So you know okay. the incentive, if, if if nothing else, the incentive is the paycheck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aviation so has a lot even, of money to offer. Well, so even if I, if I can, and I don't know if this uh, fair to engage you in, uh, but just take the um, the the nine one one. Disaster. What those uh, individuals did in training to be a pilot, Uh, and I believe that they were, they did it in a very short period of time. Um, Is that actually? I guess it is practical that you can train to be a pilot in a very short period of time. You know, for them to to do what they did. Well, they they didn't go through complete pilot training. They went through the training to learn how to just to learn how to fly a jet, to be able to control it enough to to fly it into a target. So yes, you can learn how to do that very quickly. And um, see, as you mentioned, my good friend Irby, uh, Obi Obi Wardlaw, follow the money. Yeah. Right. They bought they bought this these flight training classes because America's a free country, and if you want to 
go to a flight school and just learn how to fly an airplane. You know, you don't need to, you know, they don't want to know how to take off or land. They just want to be able to learn how to maneuver it. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) those rules have changed. But before, Mm -hmm. there was no restriction on that. Anybody could just go into a a flight school and and take courses to learn whatever they felt like they wanted to learn. And the only thing the flight schools were doing was taking money. So what is the average to really learn to... to, uh, Understanding the uh, the mechanics of flying to actually getting into a plane and flying it and landing it. What is the uh, the, the time frame of that educational um, uh, length? Well, there's you know there there's a prescribed course that uh, prospective pilots take. And and this is what we're going to be doing with the Legacy Flight Academy. We're going to be training pilots in all facets of aviation from soup to nuts so that what we're doing is we're we're training professionals. And a trained professional is is going to be someone who gets in an airplane and, and is going to know everything there is to know about aviation everything that we can teach them, and everything that they can learn on their own. That's what's well, going to you, make uh, you went to uh, Olive Harvey College and the Associate Applied Science degree in electronics. Was that a beginning yes. for you to become a pilot? Well, actually, no. <laughs> um, I've, I've always had an interest in electronics, and... Uh, you know that's how I was making my living in the field of of electronics. Um, I went to Olive Harvey because uh, at the time it was probably the best kept secret in 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 electronics in in the city of Chicago. They had an electronics program there that was basically it was a duplicate of DeVry, of DeVry's electronics program. And um, mm-hmm. at the time that I went there, DeVry had the best electronic school in the country. And um, if you if you went to Olive Harvey and, and got the electronics degree there, you were just as good as the people that went to DeVry. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there were there were companies that came to Olive Harvey. They knew what was going on, and they came and just grabbed up whole graduating classes and hired them, such as Bell Labs, uh, AT&T, uh, Motorola, um, uh, IBM, um, and in the old days, Wang Computer, and um, another company that that built uh, aviation electronic devices, Sonicraft. So, um, I, I was just in the field of electronics, uh, but I got my aviation degree from Southwest College, and uh, that was another. <laughs> highly kept secret on the south side of Chicago. They had an aviation degree program at Southwest College. And mm-hmm. uh, that was before, when it was a, the campus was all those trailers instead of a permanent, you know, permanent building with classrooms. And when they built the permanent building, they changed the name of the school to Daly College, eliminated the aviation program, and put in an electronics program. Mm. Okay, so then the getting back to the identifying of the students and to preparing them to go into the industry, 
uh, right now you cannot uh, put a a number of what's needed to be identified to be or to catch up to the World War II number of 450. Is that fair to ask? Well, I guess that would be... And the, you're speaking nationally yeah, when you're speaking of 450. You're speaking on a national level in World War II, and that 42 today, 45 today, is still a national number. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So what what we want to do is we want to match that 450 and then double it, and then triple it, and then quadruple it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Where we're headed? Now, right. So, is it fair to uh, 42 or even 450? Seems as though that could be a very small number to identify and prepare uh, students to enter into the field. It's, you know, just off the top of my head, um, that's what I'm thinking. Is that's a very small number to identify. Um, That's correct. Is it, just, is it just a matter of, again, as you say, uh, this is a free country. You cannot uh, program people into an industry. <laughs> well, it, it, you're, you're right. It is a small number to identify. And one of our early identification methods is with the Young Eagles program. Um because youngsters will, will will come out to the Young Eagles program for two reasons, to explore aviation, to see if they're interested in it, or uh-huh. if they already have an interest in aviation, to come out and get a flight and to mm-hmm. learn more about aviation. So that's what we want to do is we want to expose as many youngsters to aviation as we possibly can so that once they get exposed to it, but, you know, then they might realize, hey, this is something I really, I could really get into this. And then that youngster becomes the kind of youngster that we identify to go further into an aviation career. Great. Mr. Repair, uh, Ron Carter's call has dropped. Our host has dropped, and, and that's fine. We want you to stay on the line. We're going to bring Ms. Ruffin on right after this break, Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago District, and he will be back uh, very shortly with us. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Come on and get with the folks from Jackson Heights, Illinois, the home of America's first African-American anytime drama. Proud and privileged, the soap opera is going into the filming of its first season, and they want to celebrate with you, Chicago, Hollywood Chicago style. Meet the cast of the Proud and Privileged, the soap opera, Friday, March 23rd, at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple, located at 809 East 42nd Place in Chicago, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Walk the red carpet, photo ops, refreshments, and networking all night long. Advanced paid registration is highly recommended at www.pmpevent.info. 
The first 50 guests to arrive will receive an autographed copy of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions by Sonia Cassandra Perdue. View the proud and privileged trailer at www.storiesourway.tv. Pre-register at www.pnpevent.info. Just a little bit about who we are. Chicago's Black Business Network is a grassroots business-to-business service designed to assist the individual business owner in his or her efforts to reach the next level of service and growth in the marketplace. It is our goal to provide a platform for businesses to connect across the city and the country. This is where you create relationships that are designed to take your business to the next level of success. Chicago's Black Business Network is growing. We now have 800-plus members, and it is our mission to plant the seeds and provide the tools for growth to each of our members. Visit us today, www.chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder. We're the soul of Chicago, WJPC. Partners in Community Building focuses on credit building, financial literacy, and home ownership for residents throughout Chicago and Illinois. All of our services are free. Call 312-328-0873 to get additional information on our homeownership counseling, rental assistance, Cook County foreclosure mediation, and small accessible repairs for seniors programs. PCIB is a HUD-certified nonprofit counseling agency committed to addressing the housing needs of all people. Call 312-328-0873 to schedule an appointment or visit us at www.pcibchicago.org. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. And uh, we're excited to have all this representation from the air industry, from the air travel industry, the military, uh, Tuskegee, it's just a wealth of information and, and history here with us this evening. We're here to launch the Legacy Flight Academy program, and you can get more information about that program, details, and application at www.legacyflightacademy.org. You are listening to Chicago Dodo Chapter President, Mr. Ken Repair, and I do apologize for uh, mispronouncing the name of the chapter. I'm in a learning curve too, Ken. We are here to learn. And uh, coming up is Ms. Regina Ruffin, who is currently registration coordinator for the Young Eagles Flight Program with more than 10,000 flights to date. We're very excited to have her here. And we're going to uh, bring Ms. Ruffin on. She's, um, she's serving as registration coordinator. She's also a member of the Educational Assistance Program, which awards scholarships to deserving college students. Her role in the Legacy Flight Academy involves student selection and graduation day media coordination. Now, what we'd like to do, we want to bring uh, the chairman back, and we want to bring uh, Ms. Ruffin on. And, uh, Ken, we do want you to stay to stay with us as well. Now, uh, Captain Ruffin is on the line with us. But first, we, we do want to uh, welcome Rogina to the show. Welcome, Rogina. We want to talk about the Young Eagles program, and then we're going to bring uh, Captain Ruffin into the show. Chairman, back to you. 
Okay, thank you for uh, getting me back. Sorry about that lost connection. Uh, so how are you, uh, Regina, right? Is that correct? Yes, yes, that is correct. Good evening, Brian and Cassandra. Thank you for having us on tonight. Okay. So are uh, you a pilot yourself? No, I am not. I am a flight attendant. I'm on the a other flight. side of the cockpit door. Okay. So the uh, Tuskegee uh, Airmen, it, uh, it's not just about pilots that can be members. Uh, is it the industry itself that you can be members of it as well? With the uh, Actually, Tuskegee Airmen Incorporated has uh, three different types of memberships. We have our DOTAs, which are documented original Tuskegee Airmen, then we have heritage members who are like Ken Repair, they're direct descendants of documented original Tuskegee Airmen. And then you have the new generation, which that would be me because I have no family blood ties to Tuskegee Airmen, but we are the next generation of uh, to keep the legacy going. Mm-hmm. So now, it is not required is... that you be. It is not required that you be in the aviation industry at all to join. Mm-hmm. Right. I do remember uh, some time ago, matter of fact, South Street Journal uh, did um, maybe about two or three stories on the organization. And at one time um, I met one of the members in just in some networking event, and I um, inquired about us doing a story. Uh, but the structure of the organization, it seemed as though it was pretty tight, uh, if I can say, almost like the Mason's operation. Is that a true reflection of its tight membership structure? Not at all. Ken? Okay. Pardon? No, not at all. Okay. So then the, the membership of... Of you indicated the three roles of membership, and then looking at the the program that you're going to be kicking off in April, uh, if I can ask you as well, are you is there a goal of identified youth to enter the uh, program? Is there a certain number that you're looking for that would satisfy your objective? Our Legacy Flight Academy will be in August, and we are only going to have about 20 students at a time at our program, and it will just run this summer. But uh, Captain Ruffin will talk more about the Legacy Flight Academy when he's brought online. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me kind of back up even to the point of the uh, the movie. Has that been a plus in you all favor in promoting the organization? I would say yes, because the uh, Young Eagles program is actually developed by the Experimental Aircraft Association that introduces children 8 to 17 to the world of aviation, and EAA has flights all over the country. What is specific about the Chicago Dodo chapter is that our pilot volunteers have aircraft that they have painted into the same design as some of the original red-tailed aircraft. So the young people that have seen the movie and the young people that we have sponsored to see the movie as well as the Double Victory documentary are very excited about coming out and flying in an aircraft that does have the red tail. 
So we've had uh, we've have hundreds of children now registering, and as a matter of fact, they can register online on our website, uh, www.chicago. I mean, www.chicago.taichicago.org. Taichicago.org, and they will okay. drop down on the programs, um, drop down off programs, and register for Young Eagles Flight online. So you're speaking about hundreds just from the Chicagoland area that sprouted the interest of being a part of the uh, of the program? Certainly. Was that a They've national reflection? No, we're just okay. talking. Our chapter has given over 10,000 young Eagles flights. We have introduced over 10,000 young people to the world of aviation the second Saturday of each month, weather permitting. Mm-hmm. So, was that ten thousand over what? Uh, how many uh, years has that represented? That ten thousand, and then, or that number, how many actually pursue the uh, career path in aviation? Well, we have not. I don't believe that we've documented how many have kept the career path, but we flew. 7,000 out of Meg's field from, uh, I think it was 1993 until 2000. And when did that occur, Kim? Do you know what? 2003? 2003. And then we've flown an additional uh, 3,000 here out of Chicago's, the Gary Chicago Airport. We've flown an additional 3,000 since then. Okay, since 1993, uh, so uh, as I reflect back on South Street Journal, when we did that story, I, is that when you first started kicking off? I thought it was a little bit before 1993 that, that you were offering these uh, uh, flight, you um, uh, had your flight program. Was it ever no, 1993 or before? It started in 1993. Oh, okay, then uh, it was basically, uh, I guess we was at the beginning when we first did the story. So um, then with that 10,000, it's just a matter of those uh, that took part in it uh, having their own interest to pursue that career path. Some do and some some do and some don't, but I I thought it was interesting uh, as, Ms. Purdue was mentioning some statistics. There was an article in the June issue of USA Today last year regarding the great number of vacancies that are going to be in the airline industry over the next 10 years. And Boeing has forecasted a need for 466,650 more commercial pilots by the year 2029. So that averages up to about 23,000 new pilots a year. And that's over the next 10 years. I thought that was very interesting, and that's attributed to several factors. But uh, if it's over a 10-year period, it is safe to say that some of the young people that we are introducing to aviation will, in fact, be able to go into aviation as a career. As a matter of fact, they are predicting that there may even be a shortage of pilots, and which means supply and demand, if there's a shortage, the pay will be better. So we are preparing uh, young people now to experience the thrill of aviation and introduce them to the aviation industry. But when the children come out for Young Eagles flights, they not only get to fly, we also give them some uh, 
introductory to the flights. We have them talk with some of our uh, Tuskegee Airmen. They have ground orientation to the principles of flight and talk to them about a lot of different things, not just uh, the flying. And they do now, um, Right. When you say flying, are they actually sitting in the pilot seat? No, these are 8 the to 17-year-olds. Go ahead, Ken. Okay. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sure. an introductory flight where the youngsters are basically getting an airplane ride. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they able to uh, be in the pilot, in, oh, forgive me for the, the cockpit, are they able to be in the cockpit um, in flight? Yes. Yes, they actually go up for a flight, and uh, the, the flights are uh, the flights are about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do recall being uh, when I was traveling as a kid. There were um, yeah, I said it all before this nine one one that the pilot uh, in commercial flights actually let some of the passengers peek into the. Um, uh, what is it? The, what is it? The pit? What is it? Cockpit. <laughs> yeah, the cabin. Well, the, flight. the cockpit. Flight deck. Flight During deck. a flight. Yeah, flight deck. Uh, so, uh, but this is because it's a training um, program. They actually can uh, be in the cockpit doing flight. Actually, Ron, this, you're, we have two different programs. Our Young Eagles flights have nothing to do with training. We were doing okay. a Legacy Flight Academy in a two-week program in uh, the summer, but our Young Eagles flights are every second Saturday, weather permitting, and they're in propeller planes, so there's only room for the pilot and possibly three three students at a time or three children. But these are not uh, training flights. These are introductory flights. And, again, anyone that would like for their child 8 to 18 Years old or 18 to 17 years old to be a part of that, they can register at www.tiichicago.org for a Young Eagles flight. And mm-hmm. also on our website, we have a success story about one of our Young Eagles who took a flight and did get his pilot's license and came back to say thank you. And his story is on our website as well. So then, when you're looking at the numbers of um, the absentee of African Americans in the industry as a whole, and specifically as a uh, as a uh, pilot, such as uh, Captain uh, Ruffin. Um, my understanding, looking at his bio, he started um, his first aircraft at uh, 13 years of age, um, and is that a norm, or is that when the the I guess the interest kind of is identified or is there a specific age that a person knows that this is what they want to do? There is nothing specific uh, that I could see. Uh, some I, I feel like this. When they have been bit by that aviation bug, they know they've been bit and there's nothing else that, that they want to do, and when we see those young people come off the airplanes and when we see them register, we can identify the ones who've been bit. Oh, yeah? I can well, maybe, identify. Maybe, maybe, the... Well, maybe, maybe I can address that, that question just a little bit, Ron. 
Uh, I knew that I wanted to be a pilot when I was five years old, but there was no Young Eagles program. There was no Legacy Flight Academy. I didn't get a chance to get in an airplane until I was 27 years old. Hmm. But I knew that I wanted to be a pilot when I was five years old. And that that Hmm. desire never went away, did it? Never went away. Okay. So what is it that you all can identify when a a youth get off that plane, and what is it that you see that they've been bit by it? What what is it? Is it a glow? Is it something that's glowing over their skin or their eyes are buck or they're opposed to someone just walk off nice, cool, and calm, say nothing but a roller coaster ride? Or what do you see to know that that youth has been bit? Well, actually, when they register, when they come up, um, I try to talk to them a little bit. And I get, I ask their parents, you know, do they really want to be a pilot or do they just want to go on a plane ride? And the ones who who really have always wanted to, I ask them how long have they wanted to be a pilot, and some of them say, I can't even remember how long it's been because it seems like all my life. So Mm -hmm. those are the ones who really... Really, it has no beginning and no end. And what the Young Eagles program does is it gives them a chance to have a choice that's going to make a change. If they get exposed to aviation, they have a choice now. But if they've never been exposed to it, they they can't they don't know that that's something that they really like. And some young people know it the first time they get in the plane. They've never known it before, and some knew it when they showed up. Mm-hmm. Now, given but the, I, I, I'll tell you, okay, I'll tell you how you can tell, Ron. Uh, All right. When when the youngster gets off the airplane, if they've been bit by the by the bug, they will have a look of excitement on their face that can only be duplicated by an aviation experience. Right, right. So yeah, if you want to if you want to see what that looks like, come out to one of our Young Eagles rallies. And then, we're, you know, the, the Tuskegee Airmen aren't just trying to get kids to be pilots. We offer a scholarship program for high school seniors. We're trying to help kids get into college so that they can pursue whatever career they want. So that's what you're not your scholarship. So your scholarship is not just geared to the industry. Is whatever uh, your scholarships can be for someone that, ooh, off the top of my head, uh, ooh, uh, 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 industry what, is just whatever they want to do. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any major they choose. Mm-hmm. But aren't you a little more biased for your particular industry? No. No. No, I'm on the SK's on this program. That's not no. fair of you all. That's not fair. Huh? You know, y'all are supposed to be biased for your industry. How are you going to, you know, that's, I don't even sound right to me. Well, we're, Ron, we're, we're about young people. We're about yeah. young people and what young people want to do. You need to be biased. <laughs> you need to be biased. Wait, in wait, order wait, to get take it. We, we made notes of self. Be more biased. 
<laughs> we got a note. We Thank took a you. note on that. <laughs> I think there's a D word that goes in there, but we will be more discriminating. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to use that bias. Discriminating, discriminating taste. In your scholarship program, let's put it that way. Well, all right, uh, Ron. I'll put it this way: we we are a little more discriminating when it comes to the Legacy Flight Academy. There you mm-hmm. go. All right. Yes, well, we are. I, I'm 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 particularly concerned about the numbers. Uh, I mean, even if I have to look at the uh, the industry the same way I look at Black Wall Street uh, districts of Chicago, is that the in even as we look at other programs of our radio program where we looked at the gap of education, we look at the gap in parity to access, you know, and as you indicated, Ken, it, it, is, it is a growing industry. And if we're not targeting our youth toward that industry with some form of cultural identification, which you all are doing, but to be able to be in parity with the industry 20 years from now. And if we're not having a, oh, I can't even think of the word, a mandate that that industry is growing and if we do not have a, a set policy or a set objective working with the education system to meet that growing industry 20 years from now, that number may be less than 45. Well, actually, Ron, I, I think we've been told that the Malcolm X College is adding an aviation component to their curriculum, and there okay. are more there are more curriculums that are adding aviation to them. We also encourage young people to consider joining organizations such as the Civil Air Patrol. And, you know, they have an excellent tool called Google now on the Internet, and people, young people can find a lot more resources easily than we were able to find in the past. But I did want to make a slight correction. The, the uh Statistics that I was presenting to uh, Ms. Perdue were only related to things. They were only related to those who actually responded to a questionnaire that was sent only through the Air Force. So this is not 45 black pilots all over the skies. This is just those who did, out of those who did respond to a particular questionnaire, that was a, a statistic that was reported. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to, I didn't want you to get really ruffled any more than you <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, Sandra, how are we looking? Miss Do, are you going to, uh, uh, you, you got some youth that you got to talk to Gary, or what's happening with you? We're going to continue to encourage uh, the Young Eagles program. We want to thank you, Ms. Griffin, for being with us. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. We have Captain Ruffin on the line, and uh, we want to bring him on. We also have our other guest and original Tuskegee Airmen on the line. So let's bring uh, Captain Ruffin on so that he can talk about the flight program. Welcome to the show, Captain Ruffin. Thank you very much, Ms. Purdue. Welcome to you, too, and hello, Ron. 
Okay, how are you, Captain? Um, it's uh, our pleasure. I would think to uh, looking over your bio, you are. Uh, uh, let me get this straight. Are you from Chicagoland area? I am indeed born and raised in good old Maywood, Illinois. Okay, great. So when did the bug hit you, or did you hit the bug to be a pirate? Uh, that was uh, much like Ken, who uh, wow. was my one of my flight instructors, actually. It was when I was five years old. And uh, the, the bug, as we say, there's a great quote about it from Leonardo da Vinci. He says, for once you have tasted flight, you will walk the earth with your eyes turned skywards. For there you have been, and there you will long to return. So it's definitely a, a, a disease, if you will, that uh, you just can't get it out of your system. <laughs> well, uh, so what was your age? Now, did you do flying before you entered the uh, the United States Air Force, or did you get into flight doing your uh, training in the United States Air Force? Which came first? No, I started flying when I was 13 years old, I, and I started flying because of the programs such as uh, the Legacy Flight Academy. My actual flight, first flight ever was a Young Eagles flight at uh, Lewis University in Joliet, Illinois. And, again, that was when I was 13 years old, and I have literally been flying ever since I was 13. Mm-hmm. Now, were you one of the few black youth that took part in that? Uh, a lot of the camps, or there's a there's a, a select group of camps across the country that are focused on getting minorities in aviation. So in this particular camp of 20 to 30 students, you know, there's probably 25 to 30 who are also black or Latino uh, oh, students. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then um, when did you know, you, you hear it's a bit, you 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 flew your first is that correct? You flew your first plane at thirteen years old. That is correct. Wow, you really well. I'll put yeah. it in perspective for you, Ron. At uh, eighteen years old, I took a, a check ride from the FAA, and I was certified as a flight instructor. And I could teach people how to fly planes. At but 18. I at 18. But I did not yet have my driver's license. So I could teach people how to fly, but they would have to give us a ride to the airport because I couldn't drive there myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now, so how did you use uh, your you're graduating from the United States uh, Air Force Academy. Uh, it says here in uh, 2003. That's just uh, really recently. Did you? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I have to ask you this question. It may be top secret, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You ready? I, I, I'm ready. I, I can. I can take it. <laughs> you flew over a rock. Did you drop some bombs? I did. I flew 49 combat missions 
over Iraq in the summer of 2007 during the surge. Uh, it was uh, one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, if not uh, the most rewarding professionally. And I, I dropped three bombs and 49 missions and almost 200 hours of combat flight time. So you are real, um, uh, the other can, I have to say, a, a real cowboy of flight, huh? <laughs> it, 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 we're, we're, we're all pilots, and it's, uh, it's cool to be a, a pilot, whatever type of pilot you are. And I am very fortunate and blessed that I'm a fighter pilot. Uh, the plane I fly is the F-16, and I wanted to fly that plane since I was 13 years old. So, uh, again, I've been very fortunate and blessed, and it's primarily been because of the support I've received from my prior instructor, Ken Rapier, from Mr. Dungeo, who I believe is on the line, the original Tuskegee Airmen, and just other people, uh, my mother, who is on the line as well, uh, but just everyone who supports you, uh, has really helped me get there, and we're looking to do that same thing with the Legacy Flight Academy. Great. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and our chairman is definitely having phone problems over there. But he, I know he's going to dial back in. Let's do this. I want to thank each of you for being with us. This is Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and Ron's co-host for this segment. And when it's called drop, it gives me an opportunity to bring on our next guest, uh, Mr. Dunchill. Is waiting in the wing. How are you? Very good, thank are you. you. Very, very great. Tell us. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the floor. Tell us your story uh, and your experience um, as a Tuskegee Airman and with the Chicago chapter, if you would please, and as former president. Well, basically, uh, just like uh, uh, Captain Ruffin. I um, uh, wanted to fly. Of course, I, my desire to fly preceded his uh, by a few years. And uh, ever since I was three years old, I wanted to fly an airplane. Where I got the idea from, I don't have the foggiest notion. It just but came to you, huh? <laughs> it just came to me, and I don't know where. Okay. But uh, as far back as I can remember, and I was three years old, I wanted to be a pilot. And I was one of the few people in the world who accomplished that goal. And uh, I So what age were you when you first flew? I was, uh, uh, I was 18 years old. Uh, no, I was 16. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Well, I could actually fly an airplane before I could uh, legally drive a car. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, um, your experience in, in doing so, were you a, um, now, I haven't got your bio here, but were you in the Air Force as well? I was in the Air Force, but not until I was uh, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And you flew in the service? That is correct, sir. Okay. Uh, were you a uh, fighter pilot as well? Yes, uh, I did not, uh, well, because of my age, I, d- I did not fly combat during World War II. World War II ended when I was still in flight training. Mm-hmm. 
but I did uh, uh, did fly during World War II, and I also flew in Korea. Flew 100 combat missions in Korea, in uh, in jets. So, given the history of the uh, Sakizia Air Airmen, how much do the race factor being a humble experience or a trying experience or you being disciplined to pursue regarding the racial barriers? Well, it's um, it, the racial discrimination um, made things much more difficult. And uh, um, this was something that you had to had to bear because uh, you had a goal to accomplish, and uh, that was the, the racial discrimination and segregation uh, that existed in throughout the South, and that was is not very easy to like, overcome. It, it, was it almost like um, turning the other cheek, keeping your eye on the prize? That was one of the prized things that you did, and that was to keep your eye on, on your goal of becoming a pilot, getting your wings. Was it difficult for other um, blacks that had the same desire but could not keep their eye on the prize? Did they drop out because of the training, or did some of them drop out because of the racial discrimination? Yes, for both. Um mm-hmm. Uh, discrimination was a factor to many because uh, uh, some of some of the my classmates would lose their uh, patience and uh, uh, say things that uh, they would regret later on. Also, over, they had to overcome the discrimination and segregation. Some of them, that got to quite a few of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you apply the numbers that we talked about earlier of World War II? There was uh, 400, and I believe the number was about 452 or so, to compare to today of 45. What happened that that loss of uh, black pilots between World War II and today? I'm not quite sure what you when you when you're referring to 45. Uh, what is, is 45? Uh, if I'm, I'm correct, is that it is 45 that are uh, pilots today? Is could someone uh, correct me uh, with that is, number? This is Captain Ruff, and, and I can uh, I I want to go on record for my service and for our nation. The actual numbers are that uh, out of the entire active-duty Air Force population, approximately 1.8% are African-American, which equates to about 264 out of nearly 14,500. Out of that 264, only 45 of them are African-American fighter pilots. So those are the, uh, the stats that you're looking at. Less than 2% overall black pilots on the Air Force and 45 black fighter pilots on the active duty Air Force. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, well, okay, those are the figures, and I was not uh, that aware of the figures of today's uh, existence. 
but uh, uh, whoever they are, uh, they had to encounter some some form of discrimination at some time or other during their career, and I think uh, that that's as true today as well as it was back in the forties, but not as not as severe as it was in the forties. So, again, the, the decrease in the numbers compared to then to now, uh, can anyone um, address why is the, the number has decreased? Ron, Ron, this is Captain Ann Ruffin, and I would like to kind of address that issue, but really Great. address not really address so much the uh, what has happened, but what is going to happen, if you uh, don't mind. And that's really why we're starting the Legacy Flight Academy. The legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen is absolutely phenomenal. It's a, a true national treasure that we have to cherish every single day. Uh, the day is going to come in the not-too-distant future where the last Tuskegee Airmen will leave us. And what we are trying to do with the Legacy Flight Academy, it's not really about the numbers at all. It's about the legacy of what they did and what they accomplished and, and what they did was set an example for all of us. If you have adversity, overcome it. If you have a goal, achieve it. Uh, if you have something to do, do it with excellence. And that's really what we're trying to do with the Legacy Flight Academy, and that's what we will do with the Legacy Flight Academy and we'll keep the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen alive for until 2040, until 2140, because, again, it's a, it's truly a great American story, and it's something that needs to be preserved and continued. Thank you. That's one of the things that we fought for and, uh, and in many cases died for. And if I may interject, this is Sonia Purdue, Ron Carter's co-host for this evening. If you would, Captain, uh, would you give us the logistics of this program that you are launching and tell us what we can expect from the program and exactly who you're looking for in the uh, little time that we have left here? Could you give us the logistics, please? Yeah, absolutely. The Legacy Flight Academy is a two-week flight program that will be conducted in Tuskegee, Alabama, with flight training actually conducted at Modenfield, Alabama which Mr. Dunville can uh, share his stories of uh, being there in the 40s. But we will take uh, minority and underrepresented uh, youth and let them fly there and indeed become Tuskegee Airmen themselves. They will be housed at the prestigious Tuskegee University. And, again, for two weeks it will be a, a, a primarily a flight training program. But at the core we will uh, discuss and we will instill with them Legacy. We will instill with them the work ethic, the determination, and all those other attributes of the Tuskegee Airmen so that whether they go on to become a military pilot, a commercial pilot, uh, whether they don't become a pilot at all, it will be something that carries with them throughout the rest of their life that they can live in such a dignified and exemplary manner as the original Tuskegee Airmen. And when you say you're looking, you're trying to identify people who are already have an interest or demonstrated certain skills, or uh, what? Are, who are you looking for to be part of this program? You only have 20 spots available. 
who are you targeting for this program? Right. We're we're looking for, you have to be between the ages of 16 and 19 years old. You have to be able to pass an FAA medical examination, which as long as you're in, in generally good health, and that's really not a factor. And then we're looking for strong moral character and strong leadership. And then that last thing, like you said, we're looking for students who are actually dedicated to a career in aviation. There's programs out there that exist that provide that orientation or that introduction to aviation. The Legacy Flight Academy at this point, this year, is not that program. Our program is for students who have already participated maybe in Civil Air Patrol, maybe Junior ROTC, maybe they've flown on their own, they've gone to another similar program previous summers. And, and so we are looking for students who, no kidding, know, who have already been bit by the bug, as we've talked about, who already know this is what they want to do. And subsequent years, we are looking forward to expanding to uh, a full range of programs where we'll take younger students and introduce them to aviation. Then we'll take an intermediate group and take an advanced group. But uh, for, this, for this year, it is you, you, you need to know that aviation is what you want to do with your life. And who would be your major supporters for this type of program? Who are you reaching out to for support? We are reaching out to any and everyone who is at all interested in keeping the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen alive and thriving. We have uh, three major partners in this endeavor right now, the Tuskegee University in Tuskegee, Alabama, Golden Eagle Aviation, which is the business, the pitch-based operator at Modem Field, Alabama, and then lastly and definitely not least is the Chicago Dodo Chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen Incorporated. So those are our three major sponsors or partners in this program, and then we are reaching out to uh, a vast variety of everyone from individuals to organizations to corporations. So whoever is at all committed to keeping this legacy alive, we ask them to please go to the website, www.legacyflightacademy.org, or contact us at info at legacyflightacademy.org, and to just please become a part of this program. I might add, if I may, uh, that uh, the Chicago Dodo chapter is extremely proud of that which we've accomplished and that which we are continuing to do, and that is giving back to the community. Because uh, when I was at uh, Tuskegee, I flew at Moton Field, and, uh, of course, it had no runways uh, at that time. It was all a grass field. But it was just uh, absolutely fantastic to fly the PT-17 there at that time. But giving back to the community is one of the things of the Tuskegee Airmen, the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen wants to promote. Ms. Perdue, if you like, I, I can uh, share the uh, the mission and the vision of the Legacy Flight Academy. And I'm not sure if we lost her or, or, or Ron, but I, I will share for the audience that the mission of the Legacy Flight Academy is to uphold and sustain the legacy 
of the Tuskegee Airmen by providing minority youth with flight training and mentorship in preparation for a career in aviation through military service. And our LFA vision is that we will do three things. We will promote the highest ideals of character, service, and excellence as exemplified by the Tuskegee Airmen. We will maximize exposure to and knowledge of military career options through robust participation from current and former military personnel. And we will partner and achieve synergy with other organizations and individuals with a shared passion for preserving the heritage of the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, are are you here? Can you hear me here? Can yeah. I still can? Oh, hello. Uh, um, yes, am you heard? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, did the MWACP uh, program did that bring additional support to the uh, programs on a national level, or did it touch Chicago as well? Uh, based on the acknowledgement that they did at their last uh, at their annual event just a few weeks ago. Which program are you referring to? The, uh, well, the, NWA, the NWACP, they had their annual salute uh, to the Tuskegee Airmen. Did that bring additional uh, support to the programs you're uh, providing? It did as far as popularity was concerned and uh, knowledge of that which uh, which the Tuskegee Airmen accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it bring some support? Uh, financial support? That I don't know. Okay. I, I would say no. No, Ron, the uh, Legacy Flight Academy is a a separate entity that is being supported by several organizations, Tuskegee Airmen being one of them. Mm-hmm. So, so we have our own website. All of our funding and all of us are volunteering for these programs, and our funding is all sponsorships, and it's not funded by the Tuskegee Airmen organization at all. Okay. So then in our um, last few minutes, then, um, I definitely would want us, uh, again, in South Street Journal, we will be highlighted in our next issue. Um, in, in doing so, um as as uh, Sonia indicated about the um the twenty that would be enrolled in the uh, program but in the uh the flights degree is there a certain number or there's a pre registration for people to uh sign up for it? Was it a first come first serve? Was there RSVP? How does yeah. people confirm <laughs> their participation? Right, it, it is an application process uh, to be selected for the Legacy Flight Academy. We expect that it will be uh, somewhat competitive, and we will uh, we will do our best to accommodate everyone. But obviously, we only have space for about sixteen to to twenty students. If I uh, any interested students or you pass information to interested students online at the legacyflightacademy.org is uh, application, and you can uh, fill that application out and mail it back to us on the uh, address provided. Also, hopefully in the near future, 
we'll work out some uh, technical issues and you'll be able to apply online. But one thing I would like to make sure we get out is that the application deadline is April 10th. Mm -hmm. So and are for you overflowing? Okay. Mm -hmm. for, for our young yes, Eagles flights, yes, we are overflowing. However, we are not turning anyone away. So they can either register by calling 773-602-2880 or they can register at taichicago.org for the Young Eagles flight rallies that are the second Saturday every month. And that is free. Okay. Now I want to get some clarification. Deal, deal. What is that? Uh, is that an abbreviation for what? Or what is that? What does that mean? You, you said D D O D. Dodo. He wants to know dodo, what the dodo yeah. is I'll, for. Okay, yeah. I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll explain it to you. You know that kind of. Uh, you know when you look at that now. You know. Well, go ahead. Yeah, we, we know what it looks like, but I'll tell you what it is. Uh, <laughs> okay. The Chicago chapter is named after the dodo bird, which is a bird that became extinct because it lost its ability to fly. Uh, the founders of the Chicago chapter um, were Tuskegee Airmen who had proven themselves to be superior pilots during World War II. Yet after World War II ended, none of them were able to use those superior pilot skills in the field of commercial aviation. So they thought that since they had lost their ability to fly, they would become extinct. Well, we're here to tell you that young men like Captain Ruffin, young ladies like Mrs. Ruffin, and young men like myself, we are new generation members, and as long as we're living and breathing, the Tuskegee Airmen will never become extinct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the yeah. story of the dodo. Right. Right. I was looking through some material, but it was hard for me to find it uh, exactly what that uh, meant. But now I, it does catch me about the uh, dodo bird that uh, I do recall such a bird. That's for sure. Uh, I do want to say that I am very proud of you all. Uh, again, I was one of those uh, children that wanted to be an astronaut, uh, didn't get there. Uh, the closest I got was being in the Navy. So and I did not even get to be on an aircraft carrier. I just was on a landing ship. Um, but you are definitely uh, a, the few that we all should be proud of. Um, and I was grateful myself when the uh, when the movie came out because of the story, as I indicated, when just as you all started the flight, uh, South Street Journal uh, started uh, 18 years ago. Uh, and I didn't realize that we were at the same pace uh, or in our beginnings. Uh, as we get ready, I don't know what happened to Sonia. As we close uh, our program out, what is um, what is it that you can say for the future in um, identifying African Americans? Or, and if I can backtrack on my statement of mandating to help meet those numbers, if that's fair I, to put that out there. As the uh, as the youngest pilot on the call, I think I'll uh, take that. This is Captain Ruffin. Uh, the critical thing about aviation is that early exposure is key. There's been numerous of studies.
studies that have indicated that this is the determining factor or one of the primary determining factors besides finances of uh, having a successful career in aviation. And as you've heard from all three of the pilots on this uh, radio call, we all want to start flying five years older or younger. But it's taken, you know, 10 all the way up to 20 years later before he can fly. Uh, I was lucky. I'm the luckiest one. It took me less than 10 years uh, between knowing I wanted to fly and actually being able to achieve my goal. So it is really going to be exposing youth to aviation that will help uh, increase the numbers if, if that's what you say you want to do. And we will continue to do that again through the Legacy Flight Academy uh, this year and in subsequent years when we expand the program to include youngsters probably as young as uh, 12 to 13 years old. And Ron, I'm sorry, this is this is Gina Ruffin, and I would like to add something very important. Uh, it is very, very expensive to take flight training. And this is to the parents, the mothers and the fathers. If your child has that desire to fly, let everyone know because someone will hear you say that your child wants to fly and they will tell you about this radio program that they heard and they will tell you, they will share the Legacy Flight Academy. We were blessed that someone came to me one day and said, hey, don't you have a son that wants to be a pilot? They're starting a flight program over there. Uh, and they told me who to get in touch with, and it was an entire year before my son was even old enough to be in the program. But that's how it goes. We all have to help each other spread the dreams, to you know, spread the information. So uh, people that are hearing it are not hearing it by chance, and they should be aware that these programs are out there. And we also help mentor and support young people in all kinds of endeavors. Definitely now, so. Is, and because, now, is there uh, going to be a press conference or uh, uh, prior to the announcement of the uh, uh, the April event, or is it just basically the event itself will happen? I'm not sure what uh, event you're referring to in April for the Legacy Flight Academy. We are... We are currently uh, pursuing several avenues though, of promoting the program. One of the biggest ones is, like my mom just said, is just by the personal networking and communicating to your associates, your friends, your family that, hey, there is a program, uh, and in this case, called the Legacy Flight Academy, where we can have minority youth become involved in aviation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we are definitely going to, as I indicated before, uh, uh, do a write-up in the next issue of South Street Journal uh, to help identify uh, because we do have a section in our paper now that's geared toward youth, and uh, I can see the desperate need based on the numbers and also because of what was indicated about the industry, the growth of the industry itself within the next um, 20 years. Uh, but uh, uh, Captain, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Captain. Ron, Ruffin. I'm going to ha I'm going to have to interject here, Ron. We have 60 seconds left left oh, for the okay, show. Yeah, I want to I want to thank yeah, each of okay. our guests for being with us this evening. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Our guest this evening has been the Chicago chapter president. Mr. Ken Rapport, Regina Ruffin, who is currently Registration Coordinator for the Young Eagles Flight Program, Captain Ruffin, U.S. 
United States Air Force, and original Tuskegee Airman, Bev Dunchill. We want to thank each of you for being with us on Black Wall Street USA, and we look forward to having you back again so that we can certainly talk about uh, the travel industries, Tuskegee Airmen, and doing uh, for all of us. Thank you so much for being with us, and say good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, all, and good night. Good night. Good night. Aim high.